Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hello again, everyone, and thank you for joining me on this week's episode of the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta, dating coach, matchmaker, and founder of singleinthecity.ca with TV personality and philanthropist, the lovely Joan Kelly Walker. Hello. Hi, Laura. Hi. How are you, beauty? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. A little lonely over here, but you know. Aww. Okay. Yeah, I, I send you virtual that. hugs and love. Oh, thanks. We got tons of snow, and I noticed that the neighbors, like they, they plowed all like all the sidewalks, and they left mine. And I'm like, someone must not like me. Ooh. And I'm thinking, why would they do that? And I thought, well, I was sick for a couple of weeks, and I hadn't cleaned my driveway, and maybe they don't like that. And then now they're like, well, we're gonna stick it to her. Um, she needs to come out here and shovel her own driveway and stuff, right? I'm thinking, what else would it be? Yeah, well, maybe you need to go over there with a potted plant or something and a, a little peace offering. Well, I don't even know who it was that, that, that cleaned out all, all the driveways and, and every. I, I have no idea. So I, I felt left out this morning. I was like, this is weird. <laughs> uh, anyways, okay. So do you get a little nervous when it comes to taking things to the bedroom? Well, tonight's guest is someone who can help with this. I'm joined by Eric Everhard, a porn star turned author and elite sexual skills coach who helps men uh, when it comes to struggles with confidence in the bedroom, giving them the tools that they need to own their sexuality and shake off the things that are holding them back. Tonight's show is one that our male listeners are definitely going to want to join us for, but ladies, stick around. There's a good chance that you're going to learn something too. So thanks for joining us, Eric, all the way from Czech Republic. We've never had anybody in Europe yet, so welcome. Yeah. Thank you very much, Laura. I'm uh, pleased to be here, and it's uh, it's great to actually, you know, be talking to some fellow Canadians, as, uh, you know, that is my home country originally, so. Amazing. So let's get started with a little insight into your career. So you're a former porn star, which means that you're not a stranger to making uh, moves in the bedroom. You also recently released your first book, Unleash Your Sexual Superpowers. So what made you decide to change your career route to help men out with their sex life? And what can our listeners expect to take from your book and program? Well, it's interesting. You know, for me, the, the, the journey spanned almost, uh, almost a decade. Uh, originally, when I was living in Los Angeles, I was introduced to one man, was a Bulgarian man, who ran a relationship workshop. I took that workshop and it was, it was game changing for me. And that's when I learned about this thing called NLP. And I was fascinated by it. I said, well, you know, where can I, where can I learn more about this? And everybody said, well, you know, the best school is in uh, Northern California near San Francisco. I said, okay, I, I want to do this. Um, so I attended uh, the, this neurolinguistic programming institute in uh, Marin County and it was not what I was expecting. I went there, I ended up uncovering all my traumas, I ended up healing childhood wounds. I ended up really becoming totally transformed as a person. So when that three year unraveling of everything about me had finished taking place, I was, I was left with these sort of existential questions like, well, what's my purpose in life now? Like, what is it that I wanna do? How can I contribute? You know, what is my role moving forward in society? Because I, I was 
I wouldn't say I was getting disillusioned with pornography, but I was I was tired of it. I, I felt there was something bigger, something else that I needed to do. And that led me to starting to work with some shamanic plant medicine. So I'm not sure if you're aware of the shamanic plant medicine ayahuasca, but I've uh, heard I of it. Out, I, yeah. So I, I, I met a business coach and, and uh, what he did is he took uh, businessmen down to Peru. They would drink the ayahuasca and then they would, uh, you know, get insights into their business. They would transform their business and, and put it into action. And I was really stuck with these questions, you know, what is my purpose? And I just didn't have any answers. So I agreed, you know, um, even though I didn't necessarily want to see things, I said, hey, I can't find out any answers. Maybe this plant medicine has them for me. That started me down that path of working with uh, the ayahuasca. And, uh, and while that was all going and happening, I had a number of civilian lovers in Los Angeles, and they kept saying the same thing to me. They would say, look, you know, I know, you know, we're having our fling here and this is going to end, but can you like write down what it is that you're doing? Because what you're doing, I've never had any guy do to me before. And it's amazing. And so that was what really planted the seed because uh, they all said, well, you, you know, you should write a manual or write a book or do something. And, you know, when everything culminated, you know, the plant medicine journeys, the, the, the just things that were showing up for me in the universe, I realized that I, I didn't want to die having this information because it is, in a sense, Laura, it's a crazy experiment, right? You know, when, when you work in the business, you are exposed to a level of sexuality that very, very few would ever be privy to. And, and you, you get an understanding of sexuality, like real boots on the ground understanding that very few people are ever privy to. So it, it felt like it was a waste of having all that experience and all that understanding and not sharing it with guys so that they didn't have to go through my experience, but they could seriously level up their sexual lives by going, you know, having my experience vicariously through the book and through my teachings. So in a nutshell, that's where we are, where we're at now. Interesting. Hmm. This is really not how I expected this conversation to go at all. Like there's so much in there from, you know, going to L.A., starting the NLP work, and then the uh, the plant I, medicine. Ayahuasca, yeah, I'd love to learn more about that, actually. That's yeah, yeah, that might be a whole different show. But um, I'm, I'm curious, like, how did the ayahuasca, like, if you had all the experience, uh, you know, developing all your sexual prowess already, how did the ayahuasca make a difference? Like, if you already had that, do you think you could have written the same book that you wrote now without having the plant medicine experience? Yeah, because quickly, just because uh, I'm just reading something here, they say about 85% of people who take ayahuasca go on to make a profound life change after drinking ayahuasca. People are breaking up, hooking up, ditching miserable jobs, kicking new start careers, and so on and so forth. Interesting. How could hmm. I change my life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not for the meek or squeamish. I mean... Full disclosure, I mean, you, you, you asked earlier, Laura, how I ended up in Czech Republic, and it was actually, uh, it was one of the, the visions that the plant medicine spoke to me about. It, it told me that there was something over here that I needed to do, and two months later, I sold all my worldly possessions, took my dog, and got on a plane, and I've been here ever since. So it's uh, that's some powerful medicine. I'll, I'll just preface that, saying that it's very powerful, but you do get a lot of 
you do get a lot of personal insights. It's it's unlike anything that that I think most people have ever experienced. People will, you know, they'll say, well, it's a drug. I don't really know about that. I don't I don't look at it as that. I look at it as what what the 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 shamanic people will tell you is that it's medicine uh, because it it's a very personal journey. The the medicine will speak to you. It will show you your life. It will show you where you've gone wrong. It will show you what you need to do next. It will show you uh, your potential. It'll show you your fears. It'll show you whatever you're going in there with an intention to see. So for me, you know, in my journey, I actually had a, a full-on discussion about, about, you know, that I needed to write this book and that this was what I needed to do with my life. So, yeah, so to make a long story short, yeah, very, very, very powerful medicine. And I don't think, I don't think I would have uh, done what I did if I hadn't have gone through those experiences. So you would not have written the same book if it wasn't for the plant medicine. I'm just curious. Well, to answer your question, the the book wouldn't have changed. The book was exactly the same. So I don't think I would have had the drive or or impetus to write it. Because um, now I don't know uh, if either of you have have written a book before. Um, I have a long, arduous process. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, everybody says that they want to write a book. Very few people ever do it because you you got to wake up every day and you got to put pen to paper and it's it functionally becomes a job um if if either one of you have ever read the the book from uh Stephen Pressfield The War of Art you know he speaks really to the topic of resistance especially when it comes around anything artistic especially around writing the closer that you get to being finished the harder it is to finish you know writing a book is a tall order so I don't know that I could have gotten through the whole process without without that push from the plant medicine. Okay, let's before the break, because we only have a couple minutes left, let's talk about sex and intimacy. So you work a lot with men who really struggle with gaining confidence in the bedroom, and this can lead to things like stress, intimacy issues, struggles in relationships. So what are some of the first steps that men can take to come to terms with the issues that they're having and start becoming more comfortable with sex and intimacy? Well, there's a number of things. First of all, they they need to ingrain a fundamental understanding that their penis works. And I and what I what I will often talk to my clients about is I'll say you need to understand what is your default state. What is the state that you are in if you were just going to sit at home, pull out the laptop, and you were going to masturbate? You know how how hard do you get? How fast do you get hard? Uh, what is the consistency? What is the quality? You need to know these things because that is that is the metaphorical cookie jar that you are going to be reaching into when you're in a sexual experience with a woman, because there's a big difference if you're having a bad time and realizing that your penis works perfectly fine and this is a one-off and you just it rolls off your back and it never affects you mentally. And there's a whole different space where the guy suddenly believes he is broken. There is something wrong with him. Why doesn't my penis work? Uh, what does she think about me? And that rabbit hole is the rabbit hole that ends up perpetuating the problem time and time and time and time again. So, you know, if we think about, you know, it's really the meaning that we make of, of stimuli and, and things that happen to us, you know, that's what trauma is. It's, it's not what happens. It's the meaning that we make of it. 
So that's one of the first things that I, I tell guys is just know your default state. That is the true you. That is so great. We're going to continue this conversation with Eric Everhard on becoming more comfortable with sex and intimacy when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Thanks for tuning in to the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca with my co-host, Joan Kelly Walker, and tonight's guest, Eric Everhard, a porn star turned elite sexual skills coach who is giving us a little insight into boosting men's confidence in the bedroom, a very important uh, topic to discuss Yeah, for sure. And, you know, right before the break, Laura, we were talking about know your default because that's the true you. And this seems like something you could apply to other areas in your life. But we are talking about when, you know, if men need to take the first step to come to terms with if they might be having issues uh, and they want to become more comfortable with sex and intimacy. So, Eric, uh, can you just start right there? Like, know your default and then what? Well, so you need to know your default state. And then there are some things that you need to use during the sexual interaction to lower your anxiety. Because we're all going to have some type of anxiety at different times. I mean, even me, if I'm going to bed with a new woman, there's an excitement, but there's a little anxiety to it. And then for me, of course, there is a a mountain of pressure to perform because of who I am. So you're always going to face some sort of stress, anxiety, adversity when you first go to bed with someone. It's how you deal with it. And one of the things that I tell a lot of guys is there's a multifaceted approach to this. Number one, I always tell my clients, I said, look, you need to get the woman off first because it will lower her expectations. So what do I mean by that? If you, if you can give a woman multiple, multiple orgasms before you've had any sort of penetration, before you've had to obtain an erection, anything of that sort, okay, what's going to happen is, one, that the albatross of the need to perform is likely going to be lifted. Because if you couldn't, it's likely she's going to give you a free pass on the evening. Because at least, you know, she can sit back and say, okay, he didn't get it up, but I'm satisfied. At least I got something out of the interaction, Right. Now, of course, because she's satisfied, she's not expecting anything from you, the likelihood that you are going to be able to perform is greatly enhanced. Not only that, but the more time that you spend pleasuring her and just focusing on that, it's going to take you out of your mind. And this is something that I talk about the concept of doing. You know, there was this was... Back in, in 1999, um, there was a famous, uh, famous photographer, um, uh, trying to remember his name, Saul something. He, he did a book, it was called The Valley. And it was a print book where he went around to different pornography sets and he shot these beautiful art photos. Now, he was on set where I was working one day and I went, I went to work, he watched the scene. And I remember afterwards, he was so amazed because he had never seen anything like it. And he goes up to me and he says, he goes, God, that was incredible. He goes, what were you thinking about the whole time? And I just deadpan looked him in the face and I said, nothing. <laughs> what am I supposed to be thinking about? I said, there's not a thought going in my head. I'm doing, I'm in the moment. I'm experiencing. I'm not thinking. 
And I, I was, and like, he couldn't even grasp it. I was like, what, what am I supposed to think about? Am I supposed to be thinking about what I'm eating for dinner? No, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm with this beautiful woman. That's all that exists for me. So what I'll tell my clients is you need that level of hyper-focus, okay? It's the same thing if you go to the gym. If you go to the gym, anybody who's ever been a gym rat knows you put two, 300 pounds on a bench press, and it's coming down towards your chest. You are not thinking about what's for dinner. You are not thinking about picking up the kids from school. You're not thinking about anything except I need to move this thing off me or I'm going to die, right? And that's the level of focus that you need to put into pleasuring the woman and focusing on what you're doing because it's the same thing like meditation. Why, when people meditate, why do we have a mantra or why are we focusing on our breath? Because it's that intense focus. When you're focused on the inhale, the exhale, you have no thoughts in your brain. So we're utilizing these same principles to prevent you from having those negative thoughts and to keep you engaged. Not only that, but when you are spending time pleasuring the woman, the amount of time that you do it is likely going to allow whatever adrenaline that's going through your body to get out because an adrenaline rush can last up to an hour, right? So if you're having that intense adrenaline, like this will allow you time for your whole system to calm down. And then... The, the next point that I want to talk about is... Cause I, yeah, because I have a question that, around that. Can I, can I just ask yeah, that? Well, around that? So, yes, so a lot of women are used to a certain kind of sex, and getting intimate with someone you, uh, who doesn't perform like you're used to can be kind of like challenging. Like I've been through that, especially if you're not getting satisfied because, you know, like let's just say they're having um, uh, an issue with, with erectile dysfunction or... Um, you know, you're used to penetration, you know. Um, so how do we deal with that? You know, and also you talk about um, dealing with someone new, like a two-pump chump, as you call it. I've heard you in those clubhouse rooms, who, uh, who isn't giving you full satisfaction in the bedroom can really kill the mood. Now, for those who don't know what is a two-pump chump, and for women who aren't feeling satisfied with their guy's performance, for performance, is this something that we can work on? And how can we help our men feel more confident and feel better about it ourselves. Like I know that there's a lot of questions there, but <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, and you know, yeah. there's also there's pressure on women too. Like what if the woman is nervous and, and it's, you know, she's having a hard time finding her, you know, being in the moment herself. Like you said, that's a skill and you need to be totally hyper-focused. So, you know, it kind of goes, like I know you wrote a book to support men in this, but I think women, you know, can probably also learn the same lesson at the same time. Yeah, well, you know, it, this is this is interesting because it's also something that I that I I mentioned at the beginning of the book where I talked about, you know, if we look at if we really step back and we look at at sex, right, and we look at the roles of of men and women, and you will see that that primarily, almost exclusively, the the decision to have sex is totally up to the woman, right? It's like. Uh, if, you, if you've been to any bar, it's like the, the, the guy is always the one, you know, approaching the woman. So maybe maybe the woman has 10 suitors, maybe she has 20, but she's going to be the one picking who she's going home with, right? Now, so the decision part is primarily up to the woman. The act, however, is primarily up to the man. Because as we've alluded to, like, if you're a woman and you've gone home with, with a guy, you could want to have the craziest sex ever. You could be like a... a, a tigress in heat and if he can't get it up no matter how bad you want it it will not happen you know the same thing too is if if he's a two-pump chump 
you may have wanted, you may have been wishing for some gigantic hour-long session. If you last 30 seconds, it's over. So from that perspective, the, the, the act as it is, is totally controlled by the man. And this is something that, you know, a lot of men, I think they're sort of uncomfortable with, with, with that because, you know, I'll tell them, look, you got to step up, you know, sort of as a man because the onus on the interaction is up to you. And I think a lot of society these days, you know, the, the, the guys don't want the responsibility. But in the bedroom, as a guy, you are responsible. It's, it's, it's sort of up to you to create the magic. And, and it's, I've, I've talked about it often because I've had, I've had some people that, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll message me, they'll talk to me, and they'll say, oh, my God, I, I, I wish I could have, have sex with some crazy porno girl. That must be the best sex ever. And I, and I tell them, I say, no. I go, they're all the same. And they say, what, what, what do you mean? It must be this crazy next level of sex. And I say, no. You can create that with any woman. You know, it's, 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 it's how do you show up? How, how willing are you to lead in the bedroom? How, how willing are you to, to lead, push the interaction to create the magic? Like that's, that's your role as a guy. Because most women would just love to, to be ravished and sort of surrender to the experience. You know, most women, they, they don't want to effectively step into their masculine role and have to lead it. You know, it's, 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 it's one of those things. It's, it's kind of like dancing in that sense, you know, like there's, 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 you need one person that is, is really leading the interaction and one that is, is flowing and following the interaction. And that's when it kind of works out the best. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And for everybody who doesn't know what a two pump chump is, what is that? Well, that, that, that's metaphorically a guy that, that, comes in you know two seconds or or what we would say two pumps right and and this is an an affliction that affects a lot of men you know premature ejaculation is a very real thing and we we have to you know we have to address it and guys have to understand that there are ways that they can overcome this okay let's talk about that how can they overcome that because we're all about helping people here on this show yeah so so there are two different areas, well, actually three different areas that, that, that I use with men. Okay, number one is what I call the dirty biohacks. And what I mean by that is these are things that you can do in the moment of having sex to give yourself another 30 seconds, another minute, maybe another minute and a half. So they're not long-term fixes, but they are in-the-moment fixes because Something that I noticed after 23 years in the business, um, all actors, right? We, we, we can all be sensitive. You know, we are elite athletes, but still guys can have uh, a rough day. And what I noticed was all across the board, if an actor was going to be too sensitive, if he could make it to what I call the five-minute marker, that was the time where he could wrangle his penis and he could suddenly get it under control. So what I tell guys, I'm like, you don't need the last 20 minutes. You don't need the last 30 minutes. You need the last five minutes because the hard part is 0.5 seconds of penetration to five minutes. And that's the zone that we want to work on because once you get to five minutes, the chance that you're going to make to 10 minutes is very easy. And you make it to 10 minutes, the chance you can make it to 30 minutes. Like it, it really starts to compound itself. But the hard part to get to is five minutes because that's about the time 
when your penis desensitizes and you can really start to to be able to control it. Is having more sex more often, is that a way to, to, to get to five minutes? No. What it, what it is, more than frequency, it's, it's the consciousness behind it, okay? Because how you practice is how you play. This is something I talk about all the time. You know, Tom Brady doesn't sit out the whole season on the bench and then in the Super Bowl, having never warmed up, go out there and throw touchdown passes. It doesn't happen. So if you're someone who masturbates daily and you just rub one out in one minute because you've got to get to work, how do you think you're going to perform when you get to the bedroom? It's going to be one minute because you have trained your neurology that one minute is what it does, and it's going to repeat that every single time. We are continuing our conversation, sharing some insights into male sexual performance and finding the confidence to own your skills in the bedroom. We'll be right back. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. And welcome back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca, joined by co-host Joan Kelly Walker. And tonight's guest is Eric Everhard. If you're a man who has struggled with performing sexually, you're going to want to stick around and hear all about what Eric has to say. So welcome back to the show. So, Eric, before the break, uh, you were talking about, you know, the decision to have sex is always the woman and the act of sex is primarily up to the guy. So, you know, and then the, the, the goal is kind of get to the five-minute mark so that you can get past that and then, you know, last longer. So is there like a conversation that a couple should have before they start to have sex? Conversation about what specifically? I mean, here's the thing. There's, it, it's really interesting when you get into the sexual space because um, so, so much of what sex is isn't overt, it's covert. Right. And this is something that I I really do talk to a lot of my clients about. It's, you know, you have to really understand what the partner's body is telling you, because there are so many cues that let you know what it is that you're doing is working, what you're doing is not working. And paying attention to those cues is the most paramount thing that you can ever do. Um, And I think in a lot of ways, that's more. That's more important than a, a quote-unquote conversation. Mm-hmm. Now, I think people can have a conversation if there's something very particular, and this is something I do all the time, right? If there's something very particular that they know about their body that, that would really benefit if the other person knew, I say have that conversation, you know, quick and don't make it, you don't make it about the other person that they're doing something wrong, but you, what you make it about is, oh, I'd really like it if you did X, Y, Z. And, and for me, for example, I will completely show them. I'll say, Hey, you know what? If you do this, grab it this way, do this, 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 and go. And they sit there and they're like, oh, wow. Okay. And then off we go. And, and, and they know that what they're doing is something that, that feels good for me. I know I'm not wasting their time because a lot of, a lot of sex, you know, on both sides becomes a little bit of an ego game, right? Like we all want to be good. We all want to be good because we want to please our partner. And, you know, if, if you know, because we all know, like it, I, some girl could be doing something to me and I know, 
it's never going to get me off. Like, I know that. So why am I going to keep my mouth shut and maybe we're waiting 30 minutes, 40 minutes? I mean, we could be going on an hour. And it's the same thing, too, you know, from women. I think a lot of times women are so afraid to say, hey, you know what? Like, just go a little softer. Or, well, could you speed it up a little bit with what you're doing there? Or, you know, because it's these little tiny tweaks that make the big difference. Because if you look at orgasms, I mean, orgasms build like a wave. So if you picture like a wave in the ocean, right? It's like the waves come and they hit that moment and then they crash onto the shore. And what you need to do is you need to be changing your speed and your pressure as long as your technique is proper. It's, it's the difference and it could be minute differences in speed and pressure that are going to send that person crashing onto the shore and push them over the top of their orgasm. So you need to be paying attention to those things and you need to be feeling into the person's body so that you know, hey, you know what? I can feel, you know, things are getting harder. I can feel that, that she's very close and now maybe, maybe I need to be 5% faster. Maybe I need 5% more pressure, just that little bit, just to send them over the top. So really paying attention to, to all the body cues to me is the most important thing, even more important than any sort of conversation because you can... You can talk about sex till you're blue in the face, but it's, it, sex is, a, is, is something that we're doing. Some, sex is something that we're experiencing. So talking only goes so far. I love that. It's, it's not overt, it's covert. And, and is it possible to forget how to have sex? <laughs> I, th- I think it's like riding a bike. <laughs> well, you haven't had it in so long. Is it possible to forget? <laughs> Okay, I want to talk about erectile dysfunction because a lot of men struggle in this area, especially as they get older. Um, There's typically a lot of pressure, you know, on them to perform. Now, do you think this is more of a a physical thing, a psychological one, and what can men do to regain their confidence and to help them deal with this? Well, first and foremost, it you you have to look at a bunch of factors, and, and it's something that I talk with clients about. I mean, you really have to delve deep and separate. Is it a mental issue or is it a physical? So that's why I will often say, like, okay, let's find out first what your default state is. You know, because if, if the guy is sitting there and he's at home and he's just going to masturbate and he's struggling, you know, in a perfectly perfect situation where there's nobody around, there's no pressure, you know, he can watch his favorite whatever, you know, um, now we'll know where he's at. and that's the first step because if it's easy to obtain an erection, if it's a strong erection, if everything goes well, then we can say, okay, now we're definitely looking at something that is mental. Um, however, if someone is struggling just when they're by themselves and maybe it's taking a lot longer and they're not so excited, now you want to start looking at other things, you know, and, and I think for, for older men specifically, then you start looking at, okay, well, what, what are your hormone levels, right? So then you'd want to go and go see a doctor and you want to test, you know, test your, what, what is your testosterone, your free and your, and your um, total. You'd want to be checking what are your thyroid hormones like. You'd want to be checking your iron saturation levels. You want to be checking where's your, where's your estrogen at. So you want to be looking at all these different markers so that you could rule out if, you know, because of obviously all the pollutants and, and all the different uh, xenoestrogens and just all this stuff that's out there that is lowering testosterone levels for men at large in society. 
So you want to know, well, okay, are those levels now so low that the libido just isn't there? That, you know, it's now more of a struggle to functionally get an erection. So to me, you know, the first part is, okay, find out the default state. And then from there, now you have a base to work with. And you can say, okay, well, is it, is it a physical problem? Is it a mental problem? And that I think is important. Um, because then, you know, if it's, a, if it's a mental problem, then we want to address, well, okay, what, what's the cause of it? Is, it? is it shame, right? Do we have a shame about being naked? Can we work on that? Can we get someone used to the feeling of being naked, right? Because especially in Western society, you know, uh, and, and especially in North America, you have so many guys that, you know, even just being in the locker room, they, they, they God forbid, someone else, you know, in the locker room would see them naked. So that carries over even into the bedroom with a woman. They're afraid of the woman seeing the makeup. They're afraid of what she might say. They're afraid of being judged. We need to take a break, Eric. More on erectile dysfunction when we come back. And the stigma around porn. Stay with us. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta. From singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And we're back on the Dating and Relationship Show. This is Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca with Joan Kelly Walker and our guest Eric Everhart, who is sharing some insight into male sexual performance and finding the confidence to own your skills in the bedroom. Before the break, we were talking about sometimes guys. If they're having a problem in the bedroom, we have to separate, first of all, if it's a mental or a physical issue and how a guy can regain confidence. So let's pick it up there, Eric. How can a guy regain confidence in the bedroom? Are there other things that they can do, like going to the gym or shedding guilt? You were talking about getting your hormone levels checked. Is there anything else that we can add to that list for guys to think about that uh, might help boost their confidence in the bedroom? Yeah, 100%. I mean, definitely one of the first things that I say is is obviously being in shape. And that has multiple benefits. Because for one, um, if you're going to be really good in bed, you're probably going to want a certain level of strength to be able to do certain positions, right? Not only that, but, you know, there there is a confidence that comes from being comfortable being naked when you can look at yourself in the mirror and you say, you know what? Wow, I... I I objectively look really good, right? Like it does fill you with confidence because, you know, a lot of people, if they kind of let themselves go, then they, 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 they feel small. They, they, they want to, you know, close in. They want to put that towel on. They want to wear a shirt to bed because they're just not feeling, they're not feeling proud of the way that they look. So, so first and foremost, it's, yeah, do your best to get in shape because also, you know, being in shape, having good cardio, being, uh, you know, having a, a, a healthy uh, body mass index, you know, that, that helps everything that's working down there, right? Because, you know, the healthier you are, the better your blood circulation is, the faster you're going, your body's going to want to get a erection when the time is necessary. Now, one thing about confidence, too, you know, that I've noticed a lot of people sort of confuse the issue about what is confidence, right? Like if you actually look at confidence, confidence is an after effect. And people never have it before. Like we never go into something that we've never done before feeling confident. So when I look at confidence, confidence is, is belief 
plus knowledge plus skill set, right? So one of the things that, you know, I try to impress upon guys, especially if they don't have a lot of sexual experience, that's why I'll teach them everything that I know. And I'll say, hey, here's how you do X, Y, Z. Here's what you're looking for. I want to give them as much knowledge so that they, when they go into an interaction, they know fundamentally what they need to do. They know fundamentally how the woman's body works. They know where everything is. I mean, you'd be shocked, you know, how many guys, if you were to ask them, well, well where's the clit? And they'll just be like, I'm not sure, right? So, so it even goes to that level. Like, you really need to understand a woman's body because, you know, you have to understand, you know, the, 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 the territory that you're going to be exploring. If you don't know it, then you need to learn it. So that's a big thing about confidence. It's just knowing what it is that you're supposed to do. And then you have to execute, right? So to gain that confidence, you have to try things out, but you try them out having an understanding of what, you, what it is you are supposed to do and what does work. And quickly, should you have a conversation uh, with the person that you're with a partner or someone you're about to sleep with if you have, or you're having erectile dysfunction issues beforehand? Well, I, see, here's the thing, and this is, this is my opinion of it. There, to me, there's, there shouldn't be a conversation, and here's why I say that. Because as soon as you have, start having that conversation, now you're thinking this exact thought. You're thinking, well, I hope I get hard. Right. As soon as you've done that, you're already, you're already going downhill. But you can't, you can't be putting those things in your mind that, oh, I don't think, because as soon, here's what's going to happen, and it becomes this, this negative feedback loop. You say to yourself, oh, God, well, I hope I get hard, right? And then if you don't get hard right away, what's the next thought? Oh, here we go again. And then it, it, just, it just starts going, oh, this is exactly like last time. And then it's, it, the, the thoughts just keep spiraling down and down and down. So you don't even want to be having those thoughts. You want to be focused on doing. You want to be focused on experiencing. You want to be focused on the woman, and you want to be focused on your sensations. And this brings us back to one other thing that I talk to guys about where it's like, you know, you are in control. A lot of guys, they, they lose sight of that. And, and it's something that I talk about in my book where I, I talk about there are two different types of hard-ons. And the problem is most people – have compressed them into one type. But I've experienced that there are two. So that there is the what I call the erection of the mind, which is a mental stimulated hard-on, right? And that is what we typically think of as a hard-on, right? You are making out with a woman, you are seeing a woman visually, maybe you're seeing her get naked, and you are spontaneously by an act of God getting an erection in your pants without any sort of touch whatsoever. That is one type of hard-on. There is another type, though, and this is what I learned, you know, through my 23 years in the porno business, was that there is a physically created hard-on, and that hard-on is much different, okay? That is only created by direct physical stimulation and by you focusing on that pleasure and on those feelings, but that hard-on is completely controlled by you. It is not only controlled by you, but it can be repeated so it's something that is very repeatable. It's something that is, is, can be acted upon at any time. So it's not up to the whims of God or the whims of, you know, I ate the right breakfast today. You can, at any time, you can, you know, literally take things into your own hands and create an erection at will. 
We have about a minute left, and we have to get this out there. There's a lot of stigma around watching porn. What do you think a healthy relationship with porn looks like, and how does it come into play in a relationship? I think uh, today in in the Internet world, uh, porn is too easily accessible by by the young people. So to me, a healthy relationship with porno is something where, you know, maybe you use it – couple times a month or something, but not like guys are using it today where they're getting this massive hit of dopamine by click, 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 click constantly and on the internet because it's preventing them from having relationships with women and they don't understand that what I'm doing is performance art. It is not necessarily reality. But what about in a relationship? How, do, how does it come to use porn in a relationship? I think using porn in a relationship as a source of stimulation for the couples is fine. I think it can be healthy. I think where it goes off the rails is when the the man or the woman starts comparing themselves to the person on video and starts feeling that they don't measure up. So as long as you're avoiding any sort of comparison, you know, the guy isn't saying, oh, look, babe, look how good she looks. Like That's a negative thing to be doing. But if you're just using it, purely from the visual stimulation of turning each other on. And if it spices up your bedroom life and makes you two connected more, I don't see anything wrong with it. Is it healthy to do a part? Yeah. And if if you're thinking about watching porn uh, separately, just make sure that you're monitoring how much you are consuming and make sure it's not interfering, interfering with you giving the goods to your partner. Thank you so much, Eric. This has been so helpful for us and our listeners. Where can people learn more about you and grab a copy of your book? Well, they can go to my website at www.ericeverhard.com. And if they go there, they can uh, put in their email address and they can download the first three chapters of my book for free so that they can start leveling up their sex lives today, right in this moment. And they can also find me on Instagram at at Eric Everhard Official, and that's E-R-I-K. Joan, where can they find you? I'm at joankellywalker.com or on Instagram, joankellywalkerofficial. You can find me official, Laura Bellot, on Instagram and the Dating and Relationship Show on Instagram as well. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Ciao. 